Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Monday, December 14th, 2009. I know, it's been a while. I almost forgot how to do the intro. Anyway, we've got some time travel stories coming from CBS and even the Batman. All that and more coming right up. All right, yeah, it, it has been a while. And, uh, you know, I've just been crazy busy over the last six months. Our uh, daughter was born four months ago, and... Uh, and, uh, well, that's that's been crazy enough. And, of course, I've also been busy over at uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters, which you can check out at legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. And if you're a fan of the Legion of Superheroes, then uh, you'll enjoy what uh, Dara and Matt, Scott, and I uh, do every week for a, for a couple hours. So it's all – and we always have a lot of fun doing it. So do join in the fun if, uh, if that's your kind of thing. Aside from that, um, yeah, it's just been busy. And uh, so I, I really, you know, was considering whether or not I was going to start doing this again. And uh, what really got me uh, uh, motivated to do so was I received the Comics Podcast Companion from Tomorrow's Publishing. Uh, excellent book, by the way, by Eric Houston. Uh, well worth checking out if you're a fan of, of podcasting in general and uh, comic book podcasts in specific. And uh, Peter Rios from Comic Geek Speak, longtime listener of this show, uh, had some really kind words to say and um, and actually mentioned mentioned me a couple of times. And I thought, well, how in the face of that, how can I not continue doing the show, especially because there's a listing in there and everything. So so. I'm back. We'll see how uh, how regular I'm able to uh, to be with the schedule, but I'm going to try and just work it in, and maybe that'll all work out. So, let's uh, let's get right down to business then. Let's talk uh, let's talk box office from uh, from the past week, and um, you know, not not a whole lot of surprises, although a couple of things that I'm really glad to see. <clears throat> so, we'll do we'll just do the top five. At number five, A Christmas Carol. This is the uh, Zemeckis remake, and and I gotta say. And this is just a personal opinion, but the uh, the motion capture animation things just just don't work for me. They're they're soulless in a way that even rotoscoping wasn't. And um, I, I don't know At that. And it's just you know. And to be fair, I haven't seen this. I have no intention of seeing it. One, I've seen the story so many times that it's that it you know borders on ridiculous. And besides that, the definitive version, the only version as far as I'm concerned, Alistair Sim, nineteen fifty one. And in black and white, none of this colorized stuff. It just ain't right. So uh, anyway, uh, and uh, and that, and it seems like every scene in the trailer is is Scrooge flying through the air in some way. I don't remember that from the original. I don't think Alistair Sim did any flying around. He did kind of do that wicked slide down the stairs, but that's about it. Anyway, uh, that came in at number five with six point eight seven million, uh, bringing the total gross to one hundred twenty four million. In the number four spot, the Twilight Saga, New Moon. Yes, bringing in another $8 million, uh, stuffing that war chest to the tune of $267 million. Yeah, I guess they'll be finishing all the books. You think? Um, this one certainly looked a lot slicker than the first. I, only, I cut about 10 minutes of the first one and just thought it looked like it was shot on someone's cell phone. Um, this one definitely looks a lot slicker than that. I, and for fans of uh, of Twilight, which clearly there are many, um, it, it looks like it was a, a lot of fun. So there you go. Uh, Invictus. Uh, this is the uh, South African rugby uh, drama with uh, Matt Damon and uh, Morgan Freeman. And that came in at $9.09 million. And so that's the first week total, of course. Uh, at number two, The Blind Side. This one interests me. 
not because it's well i'm a football fan so i mean on that side of it it, it interests me um i think it's a little more um what's the word for it uh a little more preachy than I, than I'm gonna generally want to watch, but uh, but all the same, you know, it's um, it, it's a football story, and and I love me those manipulative sports movies, you know that. Oh, you know, get me onto onto the rookie or you know any of that kind of stuff, and uh, oh, I'm history, you know. That's that's uh, it's it's just a particular genre I enjoy, and 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 they all end up the same. It's much like the inspirational teacher movies. You know, they all basically follow exactly the same pattern and, and formula, but it just it just works for me. And that's 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 just what it does. So that came in at 15.5 million for a total gross of 15 million. Now this one, the, the other interesting thing about this is it's based on um oh god, who's the who's the guy who the book's based on? Um he's the guy who wrote Moneyball, and I will know in in, in just a moment. And, uh, yes, Michael Lewis. Okay. So he wrote, um, he wrote the book Moneyball, right? Which was basically a, a look at the, uh, at the financial side of the, of the baseball business. And certainly the blind side looks a lot of like, about like this. And, and the actual story that they're telling in the book is a small part of the overall bigger book. Right. And so, uh, so <laughs> it's very different than the, than the original movie. They've just taken, as I say, just a small part of that. Uh, coming in at number one with 25 million, bringing the total gross to 27.9 million, The Princess and the Frog. The good thing about this is it uh, is is that uh, hopefully this will mean that we will get to see more 2D animation features. Um, and I think it also proves that the issue is not the style of animation, but rather what you do with it. Right. You know, it's all about the story. It's not about um, whether it's 3D animated and this and that and the other thing. It you know, people will still go to see a 2D animation feature if you make a good one. Now, that didn't help uh, the Iron Giant any. But, you know, this is just a, this is a good thing. You know, it's a good thing because it's keeping a classic style of animation alive. And uh, so I'm really glad to see it. I'll probably catch this one uh, when it comes out on video, and uh, God knows, I, I'm sure I've got years and years and years ahead of me of seeing the latest Disney feature over and over and over and over again, and um, so I'm just gonna, you know, hold that off as long as I can. <laughs> so anyway, that is the uh, the box office roundup. Um, new stuff coming out this week. Well. We can start off with, did you hear about the Morgans? This is Hugh Grant and Sarah Jessica Parker. Just a just a thought. I've always, you know, and and, and my wife always finds it kind of funny that uh, that I always pick out uh, Sarah Jessica Parker as having a bit of a horse face. I know there's a lot of people loved her on the uh, on the Sex and the City and all that, but but you know she's always kind of looked like a horse to me, and uh, and so you know I've always joked about that, you know, and uh, and so in this trailer. <laughs> We're watching the trailer. We went out to a movie a few weeks ago. And we're watching the trailer, and you see her in a scene actually chasing a horse across the screen. And I thought, like, oh my god, like it, it, it just writes itself, doesn't it? And and my wife just looked at me, shaking her head, just knowing exactly what I was thinking at that moment. Um, anyway, that's I know that's petty, but eh, it's my show. Um, and uh, so. Anyway, this one is basically a estranged couple. Uh, they witness a murder and are relocated to small town Wyoming as part of a witness protection program. Um, you know, very much a uh, you know 
typical romantic comedy, uh, you know, that whole kind of thing. You know, the, the, the Bickersons get back together, basically. So that's what that one is. But it doesn't matter because, I, I, well, I say it doesn't matter because uh, I, was, I was thinking, you know, other people are going to be going to see this particular film. Um, but who knows? Um, the, the big one opening this week is, is of course, Avatar. And this is uh, James Cameron's passion project. This is a, this is something that he has wanted to do forever, and uh, and it was just basically, hey, there's there's just no way the technology just isn't there to make it happen. And uh, then he saw uh, Lord of the Rings and saw how uh, how Jackson and Company had done uh, had done Gollum and thought, hey, it's here. I can do this. I couldn't, and I can push this further. So basically, here's the general plotline of that. You got a, a, a former Marine, he's a paraplegic, and he accepts a unique mission, sends him to the planet Pandora. And uh, there's basically a connection to a remotely controlled biological body. This is the Avatar part of it. He learns the way of the indigenous Navi people. His link to this world puts him in direct opposition with his orders to infiltrate the Navi and remove the barrier between them and the precious ore desired by military and corporate interests. So this is a big deal, right? It's it. He always is looking at upping the world of visual effects, right? You know, going right back to uh, to the Terminator movies, look at the Abyss, all that kind of stuff. Um, he went even to so far as to basically create his own cameras for this. So it's a new new approach to three D, um, and he took takes the the natural world and augments it. And he introduces you know new uh, plant life and creatures to these this band of humans, and so you know it, it's it's a big deal. Um, a lot of people really concerned about how much the movie costs. You know what I figure? <laughs> Unless you're a shareholder in the company that's making it, who cares how much it costs? Um, you know, the fact is, uh, let's face it, Cameron, he, he's made a bit of cash. He's, he's done okay for himself. Um, I think that, uh, that the fact that it is a passion project does well for it. Personally, I've, I've seen the trailers and, and it, it's not resonating for me. Um, you know, there's just, there's nothing that's telling me I've got to see this. And uh doesn't mean that I won't because I know my wife's interested in seeing it. And that's always a possibility. But uh, anyway, this this one, you know, as I say, a big deal for him. Uh, it cost a ton of money to make. So it's really up against the wall as far as, you know, whether or not it's going to be able to uh, to turn a profit. But, uh, you know, as I say, I think there's there's a lot more to this than 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 just that. So, uh, you know, there is the fact that this is pushing advances and certainly the animation looks much better than that motion capture stuff that I was talking about earlier. So, uh, you know, if nothing else, it's pushed forward that technology and that's not, not such a bad idea. Uh, also opening crazy heart. This uh, stars Jeff Bridges, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and Colin Farrell, uh, hard living country music singer played by Jeff Bridges makes a reach for salvation with the help of a journalist set in her attempt to find the real man behind the musician. And, um, this comes from uh, first-time director Scott Cooper, and um, yeah, you know it's sounds like uh, a bit like American Heart, which is something that he did uh, before. Although that one had Edward Furlong, and this one has Maggie Gyllenhaal instead, so that's probably better. Also coming out nine, not the nine that you think, because you know there was that other nine that came out earlier this year, the computer animated one. Um, this one is. Um, uh, directed by Rob Marshall, who, of course, did Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it is apparently a musical ap adaptation of Eight and a Half. And um, 
there was a, a a Broadway show that 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 this came from. So definitely well within Rob Marshall's wheelhouse, right? And so this is all about uh, famous film director Guido Contini, played by Daniel Day Lewis, finding harmony in his professional personal lives as he engages in dramatic relationships with his wife, his mistress, his muse, his agent, and his mother trouble all over the place um of course uh, the, the eight and a half uh, on which this is based is um the fellini film and uh this also stars marion cotillard and penelope cruz so you know certainly an all-star uh, cast um also coming out in limited release is the young victoria uh directed by jean-marc valley and starring Emily Blunt, Rupert Friend, and Paul Bettany. And it's a, a dramatization of the turbulent, turbulent first years of Queen Victoria's rule and her enduring romance with Prince Albert, which brings up all kinds of Prince Albert in a can jokes, but look at me really man managing to stay away from that. Talk amongst yourselves with those. Um, so this uh, the basically... Uh, comes up from indie uh, distributor Apparition, which uh, is the... A new sort of brainchild is as former of former picture house honcho uh, Bob Bernie, and he managed to actually beat out the the Weinstein's, which hey, that's a big deal. It's still a big deal, you know. And um, anyway, so that's uh, that's what's out here, and uh, so that's uh, that's what's what's coming up. A couple of things coming up on the TV side of things, and I'll uh, get into more TV details on the on the next episode. But uh, CBS has recently given a script commitment to a time travel project titled Murmurs from CBS Studios. Uh, writers Jason Smilovic and producer Elaine Goldsmith-Thomas are involved on the project about a world where time travel is commonplace and an agency called Commission is in charge of finding and correcting alterations in time. These alterations in time are, of course, called murmurs. And uh, Smilovic and Goldsmith-Thomas are executive producing and developing the concept with their producing partner, Tyler Mitchell, who is also serving as a supervising producer. So that one sounds kind of fun. Uh, also on the time travel front, of course, uh, many people may or may not be aware that uh, Batman was killed off. And then replaced with uh, with with Dick Grayson, who is currently fulfilling the role of the of the Batman and uh, Bruce Wayne's son with Talia. So, you know, it's a whole family thing with Rachel Ghoul there. Um, anyway, uh, he he's the new Robin. So uh, Batman was of course not killed although everyone does believe him to be dead, he was in fact transported through time. Um, and, and when we last saw him, he was uh, sitting on a, on uh, a cave floor uh, making cave painting of paintings of, of bat symbols and uh, sort of offering these as signposts for people to find them. But Batman will be traveling through time in a series uh, that will be written by Grant Morrison. Uh, Art in the first issue is by Chris Sprouse. So it looks like a lot of fun, and that's going to start, I believe, April is when we're looking at Anyway, that's all the time we've got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can uh, head on over to the forum at forum.poptopiapodcast.com and join the conversation there. Thanks for listening and have a great week.